Hello and welcome to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup for research published between the 15th and the 21st of February 2022. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the ME Association. Research has certainly picked up again this week. There have been eight new studies on ME-CFS and 14 new studies on long COVID. We have highlighted two of these studies. Paper 1 is urine analysis of mycotoxins in ME-CFS patients. This paper looks at 236 ME-CFS patients who have already identified an exposure to mould. Unsurprisingly, the results gives evidence for exposure in 92.4% of the cases studies, with ochratoxin A, OTA, being the most prevalent microtoxin. There are clear gaps in this research study such as patient selection, the cohort already identify having mould exposure and ME-CFS, there's no control group, there's unknown prevalence to mould in the general population, patients were selected by those who could cover the costs of the urine analysis through insurance or self-pay, second inclusion for the criteria was those who had already been exposed to water damaged buildings, and there are other pathways to be exposed to mould. Therefore, it's hard to say from this study what levels of mycotoxins are critical and whether mycotoxins are a cause of ME-CFS. The authors say this is a preliminary study, which was conducted with no funding, just the use of medical records. Furthermore, this study was to help initiate how control studies should be conducted in the future to investigate this association between chronic mould exposure and the diagnosis of ME-CFS. I do not feel that this study adds anything we don't already know, but highlights another gap in our knowledge and the need for more controlled studies. Paper 3 looks at a potential treatment option focusing on restoring the supply of calcium, Ca2+, to natural killer cells, NK, which rely on calcium to function effectively. The study found that the use naltrexone hydrochloride, NTX, restored the influx of calcium overnight in vitro, which means in a test tube. However, this study was small, only using 10 ME-CFS patients and 10 controls and was conducted in vitro so we do not know how this treatment would translate into patients. Furthermore we have previously seen very disappointing results for the use low dose naltrexone for ME-CFS. We have previously written a research review on this. This week there have also been two papers published on orthostatic intolerance, OI, which are papers 4 and 8 in this research roundup, although paper 8 doesn't directly relate to ME-CFS. Paper 4 examines hypnocapnia, which is lowered carbon dioxide in the blood, which is present in a significant portion of patients with ME-CFS. Paper 8 explores the relationship between cardiovascular autonomic control, the, auto, the orthostatic heart rate response, the amount of carbon dioxide exhaled 
and the severity of orthostatic symptoms and the fatigue in patients referred for evaluation of chronic orthostatic intolerance. I do not feel that any of these papers tell us anything we do not already know about these conditions. You may also be interested in reading paper 14 in the long COVID reference section, which is a book chapter which focuses on the use of melatonin for COVID management. As well as paper 10, which finds that vaccinated individuals are less likely to develop long COVID. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the Research Roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.